You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, The Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to The Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with The Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include President Biden will sign the CHIPS bill, Speaker Pelosi visited Taiwan, and more monkeypox vaccines are being made available in New York City. Here's your national news recap for the week of July 31st. President Biden will sign the big semiconductor bill during a White House ceremony next week. The CHIPS bill aims to boost U.S. manufacturing of computer chips. A White House statement says the bipartisan measure will help lower the cost of everyday goods, strengthen American manufacturing and innovation, while creating good-paying jobs. It also is intended to make the U.S. more competitive with China. Reports say a U.S. congresswoman from Indiana died in a car crash Wednesday. Several sources say Republican Jackie Walorski died in a crash near the city of Napaney, located just outside of Fort Wayne. Police say a staffer for Walorski caused her fatal car crash. The crash killed Walorski, two of her staff members, and a woman in another car just outside of Fort Wayne on Wednesday. The Elkhart County Sheriff's Office says the staffer driving the SUV carrying Walorski crossed the center line and collided with a smaller car. The mayor of New York City is turning down an invitation by Texas Governor Greg Abbott to visit the border. Mayor Eric Adams says a surge of illegal immigrants are straining his city's resources, and he's begging the federal government for aid. The prosecution has rested in the sentencing phase of the convicted Parkland, Florida high school shooter. Helena Ramsey's mother explained how Helena died on her father's birthday, stating, That day will never be a celebration and can never be the same for him. It's now filled with pain, as is every day. After spending about 90 minutes walking through the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High building where the attack happened, jurors returned to hear more heart-wrenching victim impact statements. The jurors have been told they do not need to return to the courtroom until August 22nd. That's when the defense is expected to begin presenting its case. Internet talk show host Alex Jones will have to pay out over $4 million in compensatory damages to the families of the victims of the 2012 Sandy Hook school shooting. A civil jury reached the verdict Thursday afternoon in the Travis County 459th District Court in Texas. The families had asked for over $150 million, saying Jones defamed them for claiming the shooting was a hoax. Punitive damages are also possible. Emotions are running high as the town of Surfside unveils the 98 points of lightway signs on Collins Avenue. State Senator Jason Pizzo sponsored the legislation leading to the renaming of the street in honor of the 98 people killed in the condo collapse last June. Relatives of the victims and first responders attended the unveiling of the sign they hope serves as a permanent reminder that the victims are never forgotten. Many would also like to see a memorial at the site as well. 
The Biden administration is planning to declare the monkeypox outbreak around the country a public health emergency. The announcement is expected to come at the Department of Health and Human Services. More than 6,600 cases have been considered possible or confirmed since monkeypox was first found in the U.S. Cases have been detected in every state except Montana and Wyoming. The Justice Department is filing criminal charges over the death of Breonna Taylor in 2020. The black woman was sleeping when police raided her apartment and was fatally shot. Attorney General Merrick Garland told reporters four current and former Louisville Metro Police Department officers are being charged. Garland said an affidavit used to obtain a search warrant was falsified. He noted the federal civil rights laws were violated, resulting in the young woman's death. Taylor was an emergency medical technician who was unarmed. Her death was one of the three high-profile cases that prompted nationwide protests in the summer of 2020. The raid on her apartment was purportedly part of a drug investigation. The Gabby Petito Foundation is donating $100,000 toward helping domestic violence victims. That's what Nicole Schmidt, the Suffolk County mother who lost her daughter, told NBC's Today Show. Schmidt said the donation toward the National Domestic Violence Hotline is to help victims caught in abusive relationships similar to her daughter, Gabby Petito. Investigators say Petito was killed by her fiancé in a case that made national headlines nearly a year ago. Baltimore County homicide detectives are charging a juvenile in connection to the shooting death of an 8-year-old girl. It happened shortly before 9.30 Wednesday night in the 6300 block of Sherwood Road near City County Line. Investigators say the incident remains under investigation and the case is now with the Baltimore County State's Attorney's Office and Department of Juvenile Services. The department adds laws strictly prohibits police from releasing any information about the victim or suspect due to their ages. Disney, Hulu, and Netflix are being sued by 25 Texas cities for franchise fees. The lawsuit was filed Thursday in a Dallas County District Court, hoping to get a 5% franchise fee of the gross receipts. One attorney tells the Dallas Morning News the streaming services are actually video service providers and are trespassing because they're using public property without permission. Cities involved in the suit include Austin, Dallas, Fort Worth, Houston, McKinney, and Waco. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your national news. This is Connor Brown with your international news report. From CNN, U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi landed in Taiwan Tuesday evening, marking a significant show of support for Taiwan despite China's threats of retaliation over the visit. Pelosi's stop in Taipei is the first time that a U.S. House Speaker has visited Taiwan in 25 years. Her trip comes at a low point in U.S.-China relations and despite warnings from the Biden administration against a stop in Taiwan. The California Democrat is leading a congressional delegation on a tour in Asia this week, which includes stops in Singapore, Malaysia, South Korea, and Japan. Although not included in her official itinerary, expectations that she was planning a visit to Taiwan have fueled U.S.-China tensions since reports of her trip emerged last month. In a statement after landing, Pelosi and the congressional delegation that accompanied her said, the visit honors America's unwavering commitment to supporting Taiwan's vibrant democracy. Pelosi, a forthright critic of Beijing, has previously said it's important for the U.S. to show support for Taiwan. China has lashed out at the visit in a statement following Pelosi's arrival, 
China's foreign ministry said the trip would have severe impact on the political foundation of China-U.S. relations. China will definitely take all necessary measures to resolutely safeguard its sovereignty and territorial integrity in response to the U.S. Speaker's visit, the statement said. Spokesman for China's Ministry of Defense said the People's Liberation Army was on high alert. It would launch a series of targeted military operations to counteract the situation, resolutely defend national sovereignty and territorial integrity, and resolutely thwart the interference of external forces and Taiwan independence secessionist schemes. Prior to the visit, U.S. officials had worried that China could respond militarily, potentially triggering the worst cross-strait crisis in decades. Last week, China's defense ministry warned if the U.S. insists on taking its own course, the Chinese military will never sit idly by. Coming from AP News, U.S. basketball star Brittany Griner was convicted Thursday in Russia of drug possession and smuggling and was sentenced to nine years behind bars in a politically charged case that could lead to a high-stakes prisoner exchange between Washington and Moscow. The 31-year-old Griner a two-time U.S. Olympic champion and an eight-time All-Star with the WNBA's Phoenix Mercury listened with a blank expression as an interpreter translated the verdict by Judge Anna Sotnikova, but her lawyer said later she was very upset. Griner was also fined one million rubies. U.S. President Joe Biden denounced as unacceptable the verdict and sentence, which came amid soaring tensions between the U.S. and Russia over Ukraine. I call on Russia to release her immediately so she can be with her wife, loved ones, friends, and teammates, Biden said, adding that he would continue to work to bring home Griner and Paul Whelan, an American imprisoned in Russia on an espionage conviction. Outside court, the U.S. Embassy's charge d'affaires, Elizabeth Rood, called the outcome a miscarriage of justice. Griner, recognized as one of the greatest players in WNBA history, has been detained since February 17th after police said they found vape cartridges containing cannabis oil in her luggage upon landing at Moscow's airport. She was returning to Russia, where she has competed since 2014. As she was let out of court, Griner said, I love my family. The nine-year sentence was close to the maximum of 10 years that Griner had faced under the charges. Most Russians possessing small quantities of drugs get at most five years in prison, lawyers said. And our last story of the week comes from NBC News. U.S. drone strike kills al-Qaeda leader Ayman al-Zohari in Afghanistan. President Joe Biden announced Monday night that a U.S. counterterrorism operation over the weekend in Afghanistan killed top al-Qaeda leader Ayman al-Zohari, one of the plotters behind the September 11, 2001 terrorist attacks. Justice has been delivered, and this terrorist leader is no more, Biden said in a rare evening address from the White House. No matter how long it takes, no matter where you hide, if you are a threat to our people, the United States will find you and will take you out. Two people briefed on the matter told NBC News it was a CIA drone strike that killed al-Zawahari. Al-Zawahari was second in command to Osama bin Laden during the 9-11 attacks and took over as al-Qaeda leader in 2011 after U.S. forces killed bin Laden in Pakistan. In that role, al-Zawahari continued to call for attacks against the U.S. and its allies. And that will wrap things up for our international news report. Once again, this was Connor Brown. Thanks to everyone who tuned in. Hi, I'm Megan Steckler with your local news. 
More monkeypox vaccine appointments are being made available in New York City. Ursula Bauer with the state health department says demand still outpaces supply. The city's health department says people will have access to 23,000 shots. Normally, appointments fill up very quickly. New York State has more than 1,600 monkeypox cases, which is about a quarter of all U.S. cases. There's another monkeypox vaccine clinic at the community center on August 18th. Governor Kathy Hochul is sticking with her reopening plans as a new school year approaches. Some 3 million at-home test kits are being stockpiled and distributed to ensure kids can keep learning in classrooms. The governor says statewide COVID cases have stabilized, but officials continue to monitor and ensure appropriate responses are available. Authorities are searching for a woman and a truck in New Jersey in what may be an apparent kidnapping. South Brunswick Detective Sergeant Timothy Hoover says a witness saw a bloodied woman screaming for help from a tractor trailer's cabin and was trying to escape. This was Wednesday afternoon while the truck was pulled over on Route 130. Video shows the truck then taking off. There was no trailer attached to the cab. A 63-year-old woman was struck and critically injured by a vehicle while crossing a road in Franklin Township on Sunday. The crash occurred in the 300 block of Delcy Drive. The driver took off before police could arrive and this incident is still under investigation. A series of shootings Wednesday night in Philadelphia left four dead and two injured. Authorities believe one shooting involved a passenger shooting the driver of a moving car. Another allegedly occurred near a playground and elementary school, though no children were injured. A man was found shot and killed in Germantown around 7 p.m. An additional deadly shooting around 6 p.m. in North Philadelphia is believed to be an incident of self-defense, according to the police. A hazmat situation was declared in West Philadelphia Monday night. Authorities responded to reports of a strong smell of gas from an abandoned home on the 100 block of North 59th Street. Authorities found 154 one-gallon jugs of gasoline in plastic milk containers. Polio is being confirmed in wastewater samples in other parts of the Hudson Valley. Orange County announced earlier this week that the virus has been found in samples taken from two different locations in June and July. Officials didn't specify where, but News 12 reports they were collected in Middletown and Harriman. There haven't been any confirmed cases among residents, but the county says the samples show that the virus is circulating in the community and is calling for increased vaccination efforts. This after the nation's first polio case in nearly a decade was confirmed in Rockland County last month. Rockland announced earlier this week that wastewater samples show polio was around as far back as June. Jones Beach is dealing with more shark sightings. Head lifeguard Carrie Epstein says the beach was close to swimming twice Thursday after sharks were spotted about 400 feet from shore. Epstein says safety is the main concern after a series of shark bite incidents on Long Island last month. Thursday was the second day in a row that sharks had driven swimmers from the water. Three anti-abortion activists are spending three months in jail for refusing to leave a clinic in White Plains. Police had to physically remove the trio when they refused to leave All Women's Health and Medical the morning of November 27, 2021. Two of the men occupied the waiting room and another used his body to stop patients from entering the clinic. Westchester District Attorney Miriam Rocca says interfering with a patient's right to access medical and reproductive care is a crime. I'm Megan Steckler and this has been your local news. I'm Jennifer McGraw and here is your Rowan News. The Cooper Medical School of Rowan University expanded to include an accelerated track for students pursuing primary care practice. 
This is known as the PC3 track, which allows students to earn an MD degree at an accelerated pace and bypasses the fourth year of the traditional medical school track. Students in the PC3 track choose to focus on either internal medicine or pediatrics in their primary care career. The track then supports each student's area of focus with extra outpatient clinical experiences in their chosen field. The first two years focus on basic clinical skills and gaining early exposure to primary care settings. The PC3 track offers unique opportunities to connect with peers, professors, and mentors. Besides mentorships, students will also have early exposure to their specific area of interest, fostering a dynamic learning environment from early years as medical students through time as a resident physician. In addition to doctors Bruni and Nelson, who earned their Doctor of Medicine degrees as members of the inaugural three-year medical education curriculum at the school, a total of nine physicians have completed the program in the internal medicine and pediatric track. They continue to thrive in resident training at Cooper University Healthcare. Looking to the future, there are plans of expanding the program to include a focus on family medicine, as well as expanding the internal medicine and pediatric track. Buried for 245 years and at four and a half feet deep, human remains were found in a mass grave at Red Bank Battlefield, a rarity for Revolutionary War battle sites. Led by Rowan historian Jennifer Janofsky, alongside more than 100 members of the public, they shoveled dirt and screened and washed artifacts as they learned about archaeology. They expected to find canister shots and musket balls, but did not expect to find human remains, which took the dig in a different direction. I'm Jennifer McGraw, and that was your Rowan News. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Rowan Report. I'm Allie Bruce, along with the Rowan Radio News Team. This is Danny Ryan for the Rowan Report with your news from around the professional sports world. Starting with Major League Baseball, let's debrief the 2022 MLB trade deadline. Focusing on the bigger names moved ahead of the August 2nd deadline, let's start with the biggest name of them all in former national star Juan Soto. The biggest domino of the 2022 trade deadline finally fell as Juan Soto was dealt along with all-star first baseman Josh Bell to the San Diego Padres in exchange for the MLB's number 21 overall prospect, Robert Hassel III, along with Luke Voigt, left-handed starting pitcher Mackenzie Gore, shortstop prospect C.J. Abrams, outfielder prospect James Wood, and right-handed pitching prospect Jarlin Susana. An absolute haul, to say the least, deservingly so for two all-star caliber players. In the process, the Padres also shipped former first baseman Eric Hosmer to Boston in exchange for North Jersey-raised pitching prospect Jay Groom. Turning over to more local MLB news, while the Mets of New York were fairly quiet during this year's trade deadline, the Yankees of New York weren't quiet in the slightest. Since last week, the Yankees have shipped away a surplus of lower-tier prospects and MLB role players for a combined package of 2022 All-Star outfielder Andrew Benintendi, former Cardinals defensive specialist Harrison Bader, pitchers Lou Trevino and Frankie Montas from the Oakland Athletics, and sidearm reliever from the Cubs, Scott Efros. While failing to let go of any insanely highly regarded prospects, the Yankees did part with outfielder-slash-DH Joey Gallo and coveted lefty starting pitcher Jordan Montgomery at the major league level. And last but certainly not least for the MLB, let's check in on those fighting fills. 
Once the buzzer rang at 6 p.m. on Tuesday afternoon, the Phillies managed to acquire starting pitcher Noah Syndergaard and young center fielder Brandon Marsh from the Los Angeles Angels, along with closer David Robertson from the Chicago Cubs. In this process, the Phillies shipped former 2016 number one overall pick Mickey Moniak, the Phillies' number three overall catching prospect in Logan Ohapi, former 26 overall pitching prospect in Ben Brown, along with Yadiel Sanchez. With these new additions, the Phillies designated reliever Jerry's Familia for assignment, along with outfielder Odubel Herrera, while releasing former Yankees slugging shortstop Didi Gregorius. Switching to a more solemn topic, we here at Roan Radio would like to acknowledge the passing of two professional sports legends. 11-time NBA champion Bill Russell and former Hall of Fame Dodgers broadcaster Vin Scully passed away earlier this week, with cause of death still unidentified for both Russell and Scully. Scully was 94 and Russell was 88 at the time of their passing. This news has ultimately shocked and saddened professional sports fans from all over the world. We here at Roan Radio would like to send our prayers, thoughts, and condolences to the Scully and Russell families. With that being said, on a bit of a sad note, this has been Danny Ryan for the Rowan Report with your news from around the professional sports world. Rest in peace, Vince Scully and Bill Russell. Megan Steckler with your Roan Report business update. The world's oil exporting nations are set to raise output by 100,000 barrels per day in September. It's a move analysts are describing as an insult to President Biden after his trip to Saudi Arabia just two weeks ago. Biden called on OPEC to increase supply to try to bring down gas prices that reached record highs in the U.S. and fueled inflation since Western embargoes on Russian oil have been limiting global supply. However, the increase of 100,000 barrels a day is a fraction of the 650,000 that OPEC had agreed to supply in July and August. Equifax is accused of giving out inaccurate credit scores to millions of Americans this year. Lisa Taylor has more. The Wall Street Journal says the Atlanta-based credit reporting agency falsely released incorrect scores for three weeks. Those impacted were applying for car loans, mortgages, and credit cards at the time. Equifax is blaming the error on a coding issue and says the problem has been fixed. I'm Lisa Taylor. Walmart is laying off roughly 200 corporate workers as the company says inflation continues to affect profits. The retail giant said in a recent statement that rising fuel and food costs were affecting customers' ability to spend and causing more markdowns. Frontline workers will not be affected by the layoffs. Credit card debt is rising as inflation bites into Americans' wallets. A report from the Federal Reserve Bank of New York found credit card debt surging from April through June. The report says Americans are borrowing more, and a big part of the increased borrowing is attributable to higher prices. The report also notes the effects of rising mortgage interest rates, which is cooling the hot housing market. I'm Megan Steckler, and this has been your Business News Report. And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap with me, Karina Cologne. The man accused of shooting Lady Gaga's dog walker has been recaptured after his mistaken release. James Howard Jackson was one of five people charged in relation to the shooting and robbery of Ryan Fisher this February of 2021. However, this past April, a computer update mistakenly indicated that all charges against Jackson had been dismissed. He was released and the error wasn't noticed until it was too late. U.S. Marshals put up a $5,000 reward for information about Jackson, and he was rearrested on Wednesday without incident. Beyoncé is removing a lyric from her new album Renaissance after receiving backlash. In the song Heated, she uses an ableist slur. 
Beyonce's team said the word not used intentionally in a harmful way will be replaced. Pop star Lizzo also used the word in a new song, which was removed as a result of backlash as well. Justin Bieber is back to performing. He made his return on Sunday for the Lucas Summer Festival in Italy. It marked his first performance since postponing the U.S. leg of his Justice World Tour. During his time on stage, he gave a shout-out to everyone in the audience and talked about how grateful he was to be back to performing. In June, Bieber revealed he'd been diagnosed with Ramsey-Hunt syndrome, which left the right side of his face paralyzed. Supermodel Chrissy Teigen is announcing she and her husband John Legend are expecting. Teigen took to social media to share the news of her baby bump with fans. She writes, The last few years have been a blur of emotions, but joy has filled our home and hearts again. Two years ago, Tegan and Legend experienced a miscarriage after undergoing IVF treatments, and Tegan has spoken about how hard the loss was. The model shared she's been nervous to go public with her pregnancy, but so far everything has been perfect and beautiful, and she feels hopeful about the future. Several artists are no longer performing at the festival in Atlanta, Georgia, after a gun law led to its cancellation. Organizers canceled the 2022 Music Midtown Festival because of the state's law prevents a gun ban on festival grounds. Music Midtown wanted to ban guns from its festivities, but Georgia allows residents to carry firearms on public lands. DC Batgirl directors are still reeling after Warner Brothers announced its sudden cancellation. The film giant revealed Tuesday that the $90 million movie would be completely scrapped. The news came as a shock to directors who released a statement saying they are saddened and shocked by the news, but still can't believe what happened. They also thank the cast and crew, giving a special shout-out to Leslie Grace, who would have played Batgirl. Along with Grace, the film was set to see the return of Michael Keaton as Batman. I'm Karina Colon, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio. And that wraps up this week's edition of the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Rowan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.